okay, let it be known. I'm working hard when I ain't on the phone. This ain't a hunt, this ain't a phone. Grind never stopping, I'm keeping it cold. Unlocking the door with the holy key. You supposed to be this close to me. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the 1% Club Podcast. It's a great day to be alive. Fodge, how was your weekend? My weekend was fantastic, other than, you know, a few betting mishaps that I caused myself, but no. Listen, if you flip a coin a thousand times, you're going to see some crazy runs, right? You're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of pluses, a lot of minuses. That's just the way it goes. Long term, it's going to be about 50-50, though. Just averaging. The law of averages. It's going to be about 50-50. You flip that coin a thousand times. How was your weekend? Shitty. Trying to have a good day. Uh, let's talk about uh, Ortega. Yeah, here. Super, super lackluster fight. Um, really upset about it. It's, uh, I feel like the people were robbed of a good main event. I, that, that fight was everything. What, what is it, like a minute? For the first minute, it was everything that I was hoping it was going to be. You know, Yair looked incredible. And then right as we start getting into the grappling portion of it, uh, Ortega, it looked like he dislocated his shoulder. Is that? Uh, and immediately, I know this isn't the same thing, but immediately I had a flashback of uh, Frank Mir, Minotaro Nogueira, where he, I think he dislocated his elbow. And that was the, that was the flashback that, that I immediately had. It wasn't quite as gruesome, but... It's just I can't, I just can't imagine um, continuing to fight. And I had I had a guy call me. He's, he's he's I'll call him a casual, right? He's a casual fan. He called me immediately. What's this bullshit? He couldn't he couldn't fight. I was like, bro, stop, stop. Like you don't you don't understand. Like you have no clue what you're talking about. Man. Let me dislocate your shoulder. And you know he's he's half drunk. And anyway, it was it's just ridiculous that people think that hey you can continue. Some of these injuries you can't continue through. Broken hands. You know we're seeing like. Shit, even punctured lungs. Paul Felder fought through a punctured lung. You see some pretty crazy stuff, but like when you dislocate your shoulder, you just really lose all use of it. So you'd be essentially. It not only does it, not only does it make it where you can't fight, but from a a defensive standpoint, safe fighter safety becomes an issue, right? So like, it just doesn't seem like you can't win that fight at that point. You know what I mean? And there was there was twenty four minutes left of it too. You know, so it's not like I just didn't see that. Even if he said no, I'm good which he didn't, but even if he did, it's not going to go to a good place. People like that dude are watching too many movies. That's the problem. Yes, yes. I don't feel pain. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Be warrior. Uh, oh, yeah, man. It, anyway, there's a, there's a certain level of... Uh, I, I saw this on the internet the other day, and I don't know if the stat is true or not, but it said it was like men feel like they're... 4,000 times more capable of winning a fight than they really are. I thought that was a pretty conservative number. Like, if you watch street fights, some of these guys can't fight for shit. Uh, yeah, but everything that the main event was not, Matt Schnell, Sumajari was. And good Lord, where do I start? First off, I'm a huge uh, Matt Schnell fan. And I like him from the show. Do you remember the MTV show he was on, Caged? You don't remember that? You got to go back and watch it. It, it was a. Uh, it essentially, <laughs> it essentially was about these guys in Louisiana that wanted to fight. They were pretty much from like the trailer park, like nothing. It, it, it was a show where like you make fun of the people watching because they're such a shit show, and like none of the people on this show could fight worth a shit. And then there was like Matt Schnell, where you're like, oh, this kid's not bad. He's actually doing it. And then the rest of the guys were like. Were they trained or no? They like train themselves. 
It was, you got to go back and watch an episode just for me. If For those of you guys at home, if you haven't seen an episode of this, it's called MTV's Caged. You got to go back and watch an episode because it's, it's a complete, uh, it's a complete disaster. It really is. It, it, we, I should, we should bring Matt Schnell on to talk about the show. It's a disaster. These guys just imagine like the lowest level of MMA and how they would train and how they would act. That's what was going on here. And then there was Matt Schnell, like which you could tell Matt was dedicated. He was different than the rest of the group. You could tell that. Anyway, he went on the show and did, obviously he's doing great things. And just his willingness to win, he got hurt probably five to 10 times. I would guess he got dropped five times probably, wobbled with that lead side hand fight to elbow, which was nice from Sumajari. Uh, but I said this, I think I said this on the podcast. I'm not sold on Sumajari. I think his grappling is not uh, tested yet. And I said... If Matt wrestles, we can go back, flash it back for me. I said he, he probably won't. But if he does, he could cause some real problems for Sumajari. And here we go. I think, at the, I, honestly, I don't think he meant to, but I think he was so concussed. He was just trying to survive. And he lands a really nice right hand. Uh, hurts, kind of hurts him a little bit. And ends up getting the, the takedown. And just, you see it on the ground. Schnell was just running through him on the ground. And, you know, Sumajari got up. But anytime that fight hit the ground, Schnell was running through him. Running through him. I thought there was too much blood to lock that in. Yeah. That's what it looked like. I genuinely didn't think he was going to actually put him out. But, dear Lord. He did. It was... It was. If you guys haven't watched that fight, it, listen. It may, uh, come back of the year, probably. Maybe so far, fight of the yeah. year. I mean, so far. I mean, we're, I know we're, we're only a little over halfway through. But I, I, I find that hard to beat. That's going to be tough to beat. That's going to be tough. If fight of the year candidate... Comeback of the year, fight of the year, we can argue. Comeback of the year, I'm, I, I can't think of any other one even close to that. Uh, it, but it was just amazing. Matt Schnell showed the dog that he has in him. Uh, his will to win was incredible. And, and it was just a remarkable fight. If you haven't seen it, you guys got to go check it out. He is a dog, a live dog. In the literal betting odds sense and in the figurative sense as well. Let's go back to Burgos and uh, Shane Burgos versus uh, uh, Charles Jordan. Charles Jordan, great fight. I I was big on Burgos. We talked about this. I was big on Burgos. I thought he was better everywhere. And I will say this. I kind of slept on Jordan a little bit. I, I did sleep on him. He did a lot better than I thought he was going to do. I think I even said that, uh, that uh, Burgos doesn't win around. And, dude, Jordan almost finished him in the third a few times. I, th I thought that's where it was going. I'd had it written all over it, you know? Yeah, Burgos is tough, though. He's see them being stopped. Yes. They used to do the pity stoppages, right? Like, we've talked about that on the on the show before, the pity stoppages where the referee just gets tired of But Burgos is known for his iron chin. But we go back. It seems like we, it just seems like the UFC, or not UFC, but the sport of MMA is just giving us a topic every week to talk about. We talk about the judging again. Like, every week there seems to be a fight. Now, I'd be interested to hear everybody's thoughts at home. Like, Tell me how you scored this fight. I personally thought they got it right this time. I really did. If you score the fight round by round, and keep in mind, this it, it, A, people at home need to understand the difference between a close fight and a robbery. This was a close fight. And by the judging criteria, if you judge this fight round by round, I gave round uh, one and two to Burgos. Round one being the one in question, right? Because it was close. But Burgos had his back, and I don't want to say he got close to finishing, 
but we, we've, we've mentioned this phrase before, optics. From an optics standpoint, he never got underneath the chin, but he was trying to finish. He was trying to rip uh, Jordan, Jordan's head off, you know? He was driving for a finish. Yes, he was trying to finish, and from an optics standpoint, that looks good from the judge's eyes. So if you have a fight, in my opinion, if you have a round that the two fighters are very similar in their, their attacks, their strikes, but one fighter got the takedown, got the, the back, and almost finished the fight— you got to give that guy the round. You have to. Uh, and then round two, obviously, there, I've seen some arguments for 10-8s in that. I don't think it was a 10-8. Uh, and then I've heard some arguments for 10-8 on the third round for, for Jordan, but I don't, I don't think that's a 10-8 either. I don't think there was 10-8s on either side. I personally would score this fight uh, first round Burgos, second round Burgos, third round Jordan. Uh, the first round was close. I would have gave it to Burgos just off of the optics of almost finishing that rear naked choke. I thought the judges got this right. But I can tell you right now, just off the, the grapevine and the buzz, I, I can tell you right now, people are going to have a, a different opinion on this. I, I'll bet anything that Jordan, the Jordan fans are going to come out swinging when, when we throw this reel up. Because I, and this is, this is my problem with MMA judging. If you score this round by round, I had Burgos 1, Burgos 2, Jordan 3. But if you score this fight as a whole, I give this fight to Charles Jordan. The round one was close. I for sure, obviously, I gave it to him because of the rear naked choke. Round two, there was no damage done. It was just ride time. And then round three, Jordan almost finished numerous times. So, like, the threat level was higher on the on the CJ side than it was on the, on the Burgos side. Right? I personally, if you score this fight as a whole, I would have gave it to Jordan. But if you score it round by round, like we're supposed to, I gave the fight to Shane Burgos. This is one of the, this is one example. It's not a great example, but it is one example that I think you can argue about the, the scoring, uh, the scoring system. Now we, I'm a huge Burgos fan. I think the dude is a dog. Uh, but if you score this fight as a whole, I may have, I may have given, uh, given this to, to Jordan. That's, that's all. I think that's a bold statement. I just, I was, I thought Burgos won obviously the first two, but well, one judge did give Jordan a, a, a 10-8 in the third, right? Because it was a draw, 28-28, no, and then it was... so it was the same judge that gave Burgos the 10-8, scored the first round for Jordan. Really? Yes. So that's... Holy shit, that changes everything. And then the other two had it the way we had And he it. gave the second round a 10-8. Correct. But he didn't give a 10-8 in the third. No. See, this pisses me off. This, is, this changes everything. This pisses me off now. This is the I didn't know this. This pisses me off because if you give if you give Burgos and keep in mind this fight was in New York, Jen Burgos is from New York. But you would have thought that he would have given him the first round. This just shows this is what I'm talking about. This is the inconsistency that fucking drives me nuts with judging. It's it's crazy. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Cuz you can't say he's biased from New York because he gave he gave Burgos the first round. Or I'm sorry, he gave Jordan the first round. And he, Jordan almost got finished in the first round. But he gives Burgos a 10-8 in the second, but doesn't give Jordan a 10-8 in the third. If you give him, if you give Burgos a 10-8 in the second, you better give Jordan a 10-8 in the third. I thought the third round was closer to a 10-8 than the second. 100%. There was no damage done. And Burgos didn't have a moment in that third round. Did not have a single moment in that third round. With maybe 10 seconds left, he clinched up. Got the back standing. Jordan almost finished that fight multiple times. Multiple times. This is my problem with the judging. This drives me crazy.
is D. There's no consistency. None. Zero. All right, I got to move on before trying to have a good day. Uh, Islam, Charlie Olives, Islam Makhachev versus uh, Charles Oliveira just got announced. Great fight. Well, I go back and forth on this because I feel like uh, I feel like Oliveira's been been disrespected quite a bit. Th- this is this is my problem just from a stylistic matchup. Here's my problem with the wrestling versus the jiu-jitsu. Typically, when people wrestle on Oliveira, it's like singles and doubles, and and Oliveira is able to attack the neck off that. Right. My problem is is that Russian style of wrestling that Makhachev, Khabib, all those guys do, they attack the body more. So it's a little bit more difficult to be dangerous offensively if uh, if you're attacking the body. Those guys go head inside single and they come up to the body. They don't hang out on the legs very much, which doesn't leave your neck exposed. I uh, I got I to be honest. If, if, if Oliveira wins this fight, I think it's going to be by knockout. I think it's going to be by knockout. I got to be honest. I think Makhachev's going to make this look easy. I think he's going to make it look easy. The only problems, I, from, a, from, a, from a submission, jiu-jitsu, and grappling standpoint, I'm not worried about that. I'm wor- and I could, be, I could look like an idiot here soon. I think the threat for Makhachev to lose is more on the striking portion. I think, I think, I think Islam's going to grapple him. I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be close. I think he's going to put him on the fence and he's going to beat him up on the fence. We're talking, I mean, I know, I know Oliveira always seems to find a way. But we're talking about a guy that's been dropped like six times in his last two fights. And I know Islam's not known for power. I just, listen, I just go back and watch the film. I know he's different now. I know he's different now. But I just, I have... You can only slip through the cracks so much. And I feel like he slipped through the cracks a couple times now. Two or three in a row. With, with Poirier, he was hurt bad. Gaethje, he was hurt bad. Like, you can only slip through the cracks so many times before you get caught at that level. I just don't see it. I think Islam's going to make it look easy. It's, I just think Charles is going to find some particular way. He's just so dangerous everywhere. You know? He is. He's so dangerous. He may be the most dangerous fighter on the roster. Like his ability to end a fight like that, he may be the, the best in the world at finding ways to win. I mean, he's dangerous off his back. He's dangerous. His jiu-jitsu is dangerous standing. And there's not very many people that you could say that for. He's one of them. To hold my hands up and say, I've been guilty of thinking he was going to get beat every time. Same. So right Same. now I'm like, you know, against <clears throat> the most stern test, but hold on, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? We're talking about Poirier and Gaethje? Or like Poirier, wh- Gaethje. Those guys aren't known for their grappling, bro. Those guys don't have near the grappling as what as what Islam does. Not even close. Islam? I just want to rattle off his last few fights off. Oliveira's? Yeah. Yeah, Gaethje, Poirier. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, Chandler. Chandler, he got dropped in that fight too. Numerous times. I bet he's been dropped 10 times in the last three fights. Just saying, that stylistically, it's a different type of matchup because Islam doesn't have a ton of power. You know, all three of those boys, Chandler, Gaethje, and Poirier, they all have some pop, but none of those guys can grapple like Islam can. None of them can. 
And and we already knew going into those fights if that if that fight hit the ground with any of those three, we already knew Charlie was gonna sub him up. I don't think that's the case in this one. I don't think that's the case in this one. But I also don't see Islam knocking him out. Who has shown who's shown him any type of adversity at all? Other than that time he got Yeah, I mean he got he got he got he got knocked out. He got clipped. That's and everybody has a puncher's chance. That's a possibility. And by, by the way, that's what I'm saying. If if you tell me on Monday after the fight, if you say, hey, Charles Oliveira defeats Islam Makhachev, and you say, James, how do you do it? I said, knockout. Heard him standing. Knockout. Oliveira is not going to be able to wrestle, wrestle with Islam. It's not going to happen. He's going to have to defend those, the grappling with submissions. I just don't think he's going to sub him. I just don't see it. Maybe the one submission that worries me is a guillotine. That's the one that worries me. Uh, but nobody's mounting offense on Islam. And I think him wrestling on the body, getting, getting him tired late, I, I, it's hard for me to visualize a scenario where where Oliveira beats him over 25 minutes. If it goes the distance, who are you picking? Makachev. Yeah, right? I mean, I think Islam's going to be able to stay out of the submissions. I really do. I'm worried about the striking. I'm worried about the striking. Or from the jiu-jitsu standpoint, I'm worried about him hurting Islam standing and then catching a sub while he's rocked, you know? The worry is from the striking, though. It's for me. It's not the submissions. And everybody keeps talking about, oh, he can sub him. I don't think that's where the win comes if it's on the Oliveira side. I think it's the knockout or he hurts him club and sub, right? Like, that's where that's where my concern would be. But I think Islam's going to ride him, man. I think Islam's going to ride him. I think he's going to break him. And I do not see this fight going the distance. I do not see it going the distance. Do we, do we have an over-under or, or a distance prop yet? Surely there's an over-under out there. Yet. There's no over-under yet. Um, what there is, though, is just the, the money line. And What's the line? Oliveira's plus 195. Islam is minus 230. Uh, yeah, I, I, whenever it opened, it was like minus 300, Islam. I just think stylistically people are, people are so focused, hyper-focused on the submission. That's not the worry for me. And once again, I could look like an idiot. But I think Islam's going to outgrapple him for, for five rounds or less. I really do. And it sounds crazy to think that. but I think if Islam wins, there's going to be a decision. Agreed. I could see him finishing, finishing late. I could. I can see him finishing late, like a pity stoppage, TKO. That's how I, that's how I see it. It would be a pity stoppage or, I mean, I, I guess I could see a uh, decision. He's not going to sub him, right? Maybe unless he hurts him late, you know. I just think he'll be, I, if, if, if the fight goes how I think it's going to go, he's going to wear Oliveira out because Oliveira is active, very active. And he can't help himself, right? It's not like you can, it's not like where you can just wait to get back up because Islam's going to make you work. He's going to hit you while you're on the ground. And I just think he's going to get tired. And, you know, when you get into the 17th, 18th minute, 21st minute, you're beat up, you're banged up, and he's riding that leg. He's got your, your, you know, your wrist over here underneath your hip, and he's beating you up. Like, I, I could see a stoppage like that. I could. I just don't see it. I don't see it going the distance. Would you play him at minus 230? I think that line's going to keep dropping. Um, playing him at 230 is a little dicey for me. I think he's a little dicey for me. I'm gonna. I would be interested to see where that line goes here in a bit. Uh, I, yeah, it's a little. It's a little high for me still. And it opened at 300, which I'd never play at 300. There's no way I'm playing Islam at minus 300. Not, no shot. If anything, I'll play the other way, right? Because like we're talking about price at that point. I play. I play Charlie Olives at plus 350 or whatever it opened at. That's where I'll do that. Um, moving on. We talked about. We talked about uh, Connor. Who who Connor fights next? And I'm very. Uh, I was very. To me, Nate Diaz is the only play. And you know, when we post these things, we get comments and stuff like that. And it's there was a couple other good comments that I saw in there. 
Somebody said Tony Ferguson. Tony's got a name. Tony's not going to sell like Nate Diaz, though. Nate Diaz, listen, everybody's like, oh, no, it's Chandler, it's George, it's, it's Tony, these guys. Nobody, listen to me when I tell you, nobody is going to sell. There's not a fight you can make on this planet Earth that's going to outsell Connor versus Nate 3 other than Connor versus Khabib. That's the only fight that outsells. That's not going to happen. Khabib's retired. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense anyway. You can play Tony Ferguson because I do feel like that's a, I don't want to say that's an easy win, but that is a win for Connor in my opinion. Ferguson would be the play there, but you're not going to get the draw that you're going to get from Nate Diaz. And somebody commented, uh, is either today or yesterday. I'm going to read this comment because it, it makes a lot of sense. They said uh, they don't want Nate to go into free agency with a huge win though. That's the problem. If Nate, Jake Paul coming off of a win over McGregor, that could bring a lot of light on boxing and primarily Jake Paul. They want Nate to go in there with someone like Kamzat who will maul him. They also want to dangle that Connor fight over Nate so he will resign. If they give it to him now, there's no reason for Nate to stay other than maybe a Masvidal rematch. But yeah, let me know if you agree with me. And I was just like, holy shit, he's right. He's de dead on. He's dead on. Uh, what's this guy's name? Gasly812. He's dead on. How much of a disaster would it be if Nate Diaz choked Connor again and then and then goes to fight Jake Paul. That would be the bit Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz would be the biggest fight of the year in in combat sports. The UFC cannot allow that. So maybe you go Connor versus Tony and then you put Nate versus Nate said that he accepted the Kamzat fight, which is a nightmare matchup for him. Like a nightmare matchup for him. Like maybe the worst matchup in the division for him. Uh but the, it makes so much sense. You go, you go, Connor Tony, because it's a, it's a, Connor's got a better shot of beating Tony than he does Nate, in my opinion. Because Tony has just been a shell of himself lately, and he's been standing. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to take Connor down. And then you go Nate versus Kamzat, or Nate versus Gilbert Burns, or Nate versus Masvidal, and you send send Nate Packin on one of those. Yeah, I think they'd want to send Nate off with a lot. You have to, right? And and, they, and he's, the second great point he made was they want him to re-sign for the Connor rematch. And I was like, son of a bitch, this guy's right. He's so dead on. It makes so much sense. So because Sean, that's the Sean biggest payday. <laughs> this is, we, we're on to you, Sean. We're on to you. The, but it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. And I, I couldn't agree more with it. Uh, yeah, it's, it was baffling how, how spot on he was with that. So, my man, Gasly, good job. Uh, let's go into, let's break down the card, this uh, UFC London. We have UFC London this weekend. I'm assuming that the, the time of the card will be at a funky time. Um, I think it'll start at 11 for us. 11 a.m.? Perfect. Let's run through the, uh, the main card. And I'm going to give you guys my leans later on. We'll get on, later on in the week, we'll get on with Shay. And we always break it down after we watch film and stuff like that. That's the show for you betters, you gamblers. The one that Shay and I do, we typically release it on Wednesday or Thursday. I think it'll be Thursday this week, probably. Uh, that'll be the one where we really dive deep dive into this. But uh, first one on the main card, Paul Craig versus Vulcan Uzdemir. Uh, I, I think I think I, this matchup, listen, Paul Craig's been disrespected so much. His jiu-jitsu is phenomenal. But I do feel like Vulcan is the A-side here. I, I, I don't see Paul Craig taking him down, and I got to think that the, the, the trick of like, hey, come down into my guard. I got to think that's done now, right? Like you just don't follow him down into the guard anymore. You hurt him. You just don't follow him down. You can't. 
because he's so good from his back. He's triangling. I mean, dude, I don't know if most people don't know this, but Paul Craig submitted uh, Magomed Ankalaev in his debut. Short notice, but he subbed Ankalaev with, I think, like one second left in the fight. Ankalaev was mauling him. That's, that was Ankalaev. He subbed him with a couple seconds left in the fight, which is triangle. Crazy. I like Vulcan here. I think Vulcan is the A-side. He's got the power to hurt Craig. Uh, he's he's younger. He's more athletic. He's fast. And I, I just, I don't, when we talk about path to victory, the path to victory for Paul Craig for me is to, to sub him off his back or some type of submission. I just don't see him getting on top. And I got to think at some point, uh, dude, this is, you're going to cut and reel this because this has been driving me nuts. I'm going to go on a rant. I... I feel like fighter IQ has just gone out the fucking window lately. Like it's, it's, there's path to victory. And I don't know what these coaches are, are, are training these guys, but you see, even at the highest level, these guys come into fights and they don't have game plans. And there's like a clear cut path to victory. There was a fight two or three weeks ago where the path to victory was you take this guy down. There is a massive, massive discrepancy on the ground. And there was not one shot attempted the entire time. I'm not going to name names, but if you're watching the podcast enough and you're in the Discord, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And it drives me nuts. So I got to think here, Vulcan and his team, I mean, he comes from Sanford. He, you know, Henry, we, we talked about this before. I, I respect Henry Hooft a ton. I got to think that he's going to say, hey, man, no matter what you do to this guy, just don't follow him down. Just don't follow him down. It makes no sense to follow him. Just let him back up and beat him up. I think Vulcan's the A-side here. Uh, would I be shocked if Paul Craig pulled out a sub? Absolutely not. He subbed the best in that division. I, I, I would not be shocked in the, in the slightest bit. So I do think uh, Vulcan's the, the A-side, though. Uh, meatball. Molly McCann versus Hannah Goldie. I, I think this is Molly's fight to win or lose. I, I really like her a lot. I, I think she's incredible. I think this is, uh, I don't want to say one of her, it's not an easier fight, but stylistically, I think it's a really good matchup for her. Uh, am I willing to pay the minus 380? No, 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 I just can't. I, I can't do it. Uh, I, I just, I, there's no way I can do it. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see the, there's no way for me that price makes sense. Uh, I, I like, I like that fight to go the distance probably. Um, but this, this is Molly's fight to win or lose. I think her striking is, is better. I think her grappling is better. I think she's, I think she's better everywhere. Uh, but I will say this, I have, I've I have seen some improvement over, over, uh, Goldie's fights. If you can watch her progress from a technical standpoint, she has gotten better. So unless she's made some huge leaps and bounds going into London and beating Molly McKenna is not going to be an easy, you know what I mean? Like it's that crowd is going to be absolutely bonkers for her and Patty. Yeah. I just can't, I can't, I can't imagine it. Uh, Nikita Krylov versus, uh, Alexander Gustafson. I, I listen, it is, we're talking about a two to one favorite for Krylov here. It is so hard for me. I think Krylov's on a two-fight losing streak. Two-fight losing streak. Gus is on a two, a three-fight losing streak. But we're talking about a guy that has taken the fight, every ounce of bit, to the best light heavyweight of all time, arguably the best MMA fighter of all time, and the second best light heavyweight of all time in Daniel Cormier. He took John Jones to a close decision that a lot of people thought he won. He took Cormier to a split decision with a lot of people thought he won. 
it's really hard. And, and I listen, I know he's coming off three losses in a row. And he, he hasn't won a fight in five years. That's scary to say. But he's been fighting the elites of the division. Look at strength of schedule. There, you're, I don't think you're going to find a, a, a guy with a tougher strength of schedule or at least comparable to Alexander Gustafson. I mean, he fought Cormier twice, I think. John Jones, uh, he's fought Glover Teixeira. Glover was the champion. That was his last win. He knocked Glover out. Nasty. Nasty. Three, it's like three uppercuts in a row and an overhand right. Yeah, it's just it's it that was his last win five years ago. I but but I that's right. He he fought for I but I can't I can't lay two to one on Krylov to beat him. I just don't I don't see it. I don't I, I don't see it. I, I don't it's hard for me to say that Gus doesn't have it anymore because he's been fighting the elites of the division. You know what I mean? Like of course those guys are gonna make you look bad. They're good, they're the best in the world for a reason, you know? Like has he lost a step? Yeah, I think he's lost a step. I mean, the wars catch up to you, the age catch up to you, but I can't. I just can't two to one on a guy that's taken all those guys to to great decisions, and and he's. I just, it, I just can't do it. It's it's too expensive for me on the Krylov side. I, I I can't do it. Would you have an opinion on the over under on that? The over two and a half is plus one hundred five. Really? And that, yeah. I would lean over. Is he's gonna? That's what I was thinking too. I would lean over there. I would lean over. That's something to look at. Plus. Plus money for the over. I I think there's value there, early on. I think that'll go away too. By the way, uh, next Patty the Batty versus Jordan Levitt. This place is gonna go ape shit for Patty the Batty. They are gonna go nuts. This is a fun fight. These guys are these guys are similar to me. The, and and I listen. I feel like Jordan Levitt gets a lot of disrespect because he's got the the twerking thing and like a lot of these guys. We talked about this with Jimmy. You know, with Jimmy before, like people look at the personality before they look at the skill set. Like, oh, he's just a, you know, he's not humble. Blah, blah. Listen, I'm, I'm not trying to look at all that. Look at his skill set. And Jordan Levitt has some real skills. He really does. He's got some real skills. His jujitsu is really good. His wrestling's not bad. He's a college wrestler. Uh, he's got some real skills. The biggest difference, in, in my opinion, is Patty wants to win. He, he wants to win, and he is athletic, and he is aggressive. He's very aggressive. He's got good jujitsu. He's got good wrestling on the cage, and he wants to win, and he's trying to win at all times. I don't think, the, uh, I don't think Levitt's got the power to do anything to him standing. Uh, but if, if Jordan Levitt gets on top of him, I don't see Patty just jumping right back up. Levitt's got really good jujitsu, and he's got good wrestling. So... For me, the better wrestler is gonna win. The, gonna win this fight. I think that's. I think that's Patty. I think he's the A side. I think he's got a. I think he's got better striking, and I think he's the better wrestler. And I think their jujitsu is gonna cancel each other out. Both of them have fought really good jujitsu guys. Uh, Jordan Levitt lost a, a, a 29-28 decision to, to Claudio Puyos, who has a very good jujitsu, uh, but he won. He clearly won the first round. Like he got Puyos down. And, and really dominated him on top. He can control. His top control is good. He did the same thing to my guy, Trey Ogden. And Trey is a, a very skilled jiu-jitsu player. Black belt, very good. So for those of you guys sleeping on Levitt, man, that's, that's I don't know what Levitt by decision is, but there might be a nice hedge there because I don't see him winning any other way other than decision. But there might be a nice hedge on uh, on Levitt by decision. Can is there? Do you have that? Uh, can you look that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your time. I mean, at two fifty, Levitt's already plus two ten. I got to think you're gonna get, you know, two fifty to three, uh, two fifty probably. I'm guessing plus two fifty. I I feel pretty adamant that this fight goes the distance. I really do, because Patty is primarily a grappler. 
and and when he when he throws, he's throwing with aggressive intent. But plus two eighty five. Plus two eighty five. I was close. Yeah, I mean, dude, I think there's value there. I think there's value on Levitt by decision to hedge. You know, I know if we get a Shea on it, probably tell me my math's off, but you know, the, the, last week I wasn't wrong. I said there's there's value on Murphy by decision. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I feel that the Tate Lauren Murphy fight. This is very similar to me. This is very similar in that regard. Did Patty's the A side? Patty's the A side for sure. I think he's the better wrestler, better striker. He's more aggressive. I think his will to win is higher. Uh, but do not sleep on Jordan Levitt, man. This kid's not, he's not bad at all. He's got good grappling and his top, his top game is good. His top game is very good. And I got to think that he's fighting Patty in the UK. Like, I got to think that there's some type of internal motivation that, you know what I mean? Like, he, he, if, he, if he wins this fight, he's stealing all that thunder. You know what I mean? He's stealing all that hype behind Patty. This is a big fight for Jordan Levitt. If you tell me on Monday, that Jordan Levitt beat Patty, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Well, I think it'll be a decision. If, if, he was, if, he, if he wins, I think it's a decision. I don't see a path to victory for Jordan Levitt other than by decision. And I, I'll be honest, there's not a whole lot of paths to victory I see for, for Patty outside of that. The over is plus 170. How? I'm going to fire on that. Listen, guys. The over on Pimblet Levitt is plus 170. There's a boatload. Of, so the, the, to go the distance got to be 200. Of no to go the distance, but the over is set at plus one seventy. The under is minus two ten. There is so much would, value on I, that; I, it's I not even funny. It. If I was setting the lines myself, I would reverse it. Hundred percent. Probably put the over at, I don't know, minus two fifty. I don't. I don't see how either of these guys finish. He's not subbing Jordan Levitt, bro. He's not subbing Jordan Levitt. It's not happening. So he's gonna TKO him. That's the only. Uh, but it's not as if he's a knockout artist either. No, that's what I'm saying. Patty wants to grapple. He's a grappler. He's a grappler, bro. And I'm telling you, when he strikes, he runs at you. That will initiate the clinch. Jordan is not bad in the clinch. I cannot believe that line right now. I would, you're 100% correct. I would flip-flop that crazy. Uh, I don't want to beat this up. Let's move on. Uh, two more fights. Co-main event, Jack Manson versus uh, Curious, Chris Curtis. This is a pick em fight. I think the open with Hermanson was like a, a fairly large favorite. Uh, I which I think this fight is priced right where it should be. I got to be honest. Yeah, Hermanson was minus 200. Yeah, he jumped. He, it's a pick and fight. I think it should be, rightfully, rightfully so. Uh, I don't want to dive into this a ton. It's, it's, it's a grappler versus striker. Dude, Chris Curtis has got good takedown defense. We just saw that in the Vieira fight. However, Hermanson has great uh, takedowns, and his, his wrestling is much better than uh, Vieira's. I, you know, it's much better. Vieira didn't even get close that I remember taking down uh, Curtis. I got to be honest with you guys. If I had to pick a, a, a winner here, I'm going Chris Curtis. I could be wrong. Like this is, I'm not married to this pick by any means, but he's got a lot of he's got a lot of momentum behind him. I I, I like that. I like that a lot. And we've 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 seen Hermanson slow a little bit in the past if he can't get the takedowns. You know, I think this is Chris's fight to win or lose. I think he's the A side. I really do. And he's gotten better, man. If you watch Chris Curtis on PFL to where he is now, he's gotten so much better. So much better. And he he does this little, uh, this unloaded two that he throws with no load. He's slick, man. He's super slick. I, I have a lot of respect for this guy because he's, uh, he's an OG. He's been around the game for a long time. He's seen the ups and downs. And, uh, man, he's he is soaring right now. He's doing really well. He's got a lot of momentum behind him. This is a big fight for him. It's win, it's, it's win-win for, for Chris Curtis. He loses nothing if he loses to Hermanson. You know, absolutely, loses absolutely nothing. We're talking about 
he's number nine versus number eight. So he's only going to climb up. You know, it doesn't, it's for, it's win-win. He took the fight on short notice, but he's still in shape from the Vieira fight. It doesn't, there's no point not to. He's, it's a, yeah, great, great fight for him. Uh, finally, the, the main event, uh, Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. Listen, there's there's a lot of different path to victories here. I'm going to have a hard time betting against Tom Aspinall until I see somebody do something to him. You know what I mean? Like, somebody show me something because he's buzzsawing all of these guys. Now, Curtis Blades' strength of schedule is, is much more difficult than than Aspinall's, but I think the only path to victory here is is uh, he's got to wrestle. I mean, that's that's his thing. Blades, is he's got to wrestle, but... Aspinall is so explosive and fast at that heavyweight division, and he hits like a truck. He's he's so fast for that for that division, and he wrestles really well. We saw that in the Volkov fight. He, re- he took Volkov down easily and subbed a guy that I don't think has ever been submitted before. And like Volkov is not an easy guy to take down. He made that fight look easy. I mean, he made that fight look. And look at what Volkov just stopped Rosenstrike. You know, like, yeah. dude. Yeah. He, he made that look super easy. I'm probably going to stay away from this one, but it's going to be hard for me to ever, or if I play it small, I would play the Aspinall side. It's just going to be hard for me to bet against Aspinall until I see somebody do something to him. You know what I mean? Like, and especially when you're getting like pick them odds or close to it. We got, uh, it was, he was like a slight favorite over Volkov. We hammered that. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't see very many people beating him in that division period. He's so fast. He's so, so explosive. He's well-rounded, which is hard to see at heavyweight. He's young, and he's hungry, he wants to win. He's got all the intangibles, good chin, good grappling, good wrestling, good cardio. I, I haven't seen anybody do shit to him. Blades is a G. Blades is a G. But, he's, but he's dropped twice, dropped two losses to Ngannou, and then one to Derek Lewis. And there's nothing. There's no shame in those. But anyone can get beaten by Derek Lewis. 100%. 100%. There's no shame in any of those. And I'm not knocking on, on Curtis Blades because I think he's incredible, and I think, I think he's going to have to wrestle to win this fight. I really do. And he, and he can do that. If you told me, like I said, if you told me on Monday that Curtis Blades won, I wouldn't be shocked in the least bit. But over the over five rounds, I just... the the When when the Volkov came, the biggest knock was nobody had seen Aspinall's uh, cardio late. And there has just been nothing to lead me to believe that that guy's going to fade any more than any other heavyweight would. You know? He's young, man. He's young. He, he, he doesn't cut any weight. Like, he's very efficient. He's very relaxed. I just, I don't see, like, I don't see what everybody's talking about. Like, he's never shown any signs of slowing down at all. Like, he, like, he's, he's very efficient. He's, he's super composed and relaxed in there. I I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. It's goes the distance now. It was minus 300. I think I'd just, you know, chip that in. It does not go the distance at minus 300? Five rounds. Ugh. I could see him finishing Blades. That's what I'm saying. Do, so does not go the distance. So uh, it's minus 300. So uh, I could, I mean, I could, uh, dude, this fight just to me, it just screams everything to stay the fuck away from it. But like, I could also see a decision. I could. I mean, if you get, listen, if you get two heavyweights into the third round, the likelihood of it finishing from there is slim. It, because they get tired. There's a, there's a big body, and especially two guys that are good at grappling. You know, I, there's something about this card, you know, we saw in, that night was it Dallas? Houston. Houston, where there's a crazy crowd. Yeah. There's finishes yeah. all over the it's place. Nuts. I, I I feel like that has that written 
all over. I agree with you 100%. Listen, I'm super excited for these fights. There's a lot of good, a lot of good matchups on there. Uh, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a good card. And from a betting standpoint, I love it. I really do. I love it a lot. Uh, if you guys are in the group, join Discord, comment, like, you like the show, let us know. If you don't, let me know. Cash or check.